Picture this. The journey ahead starts here together, and together we can build a brighter future. You are listening to Illuminating Hope, a podcast of Hope House. Welcome to Illuminating Hope. I'm your host, Tina Johnson. My co-host, Marianne Matheny, is out today. Today we have a special bonus episode to kick off Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Meet Brooke Wongwei. Brooke is a survivor of domestic violence. She is a seasoned, self-taught artist. She works and trains in healthcare. She has been working on art therapy journaling for several years and works with others in helping to teach them how to facilitate their own healing through art. She also teaches survivors how to use tools she learned through Hope House Survivors Program. Hi, Brooke. Welcome to Illuminating Hope Podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you. You're very welcome. I met you when I did a speaking engagement. You got up there first, and I can remember going, oh my gosh, I have to follow this story. (laughs) Yeah. It was so impactful to me, and I literally was getting on the stage in tears, having to do my job. So that was pretty interesting. So Brooke, tell me your story. Tell tell our listening audience your story. It's so impactful. I kind of just shared about things that had started in my life. Throughout my younger years, I found peace and grounding in my art. I found a way to speak to others without saying any words. At a point in my life, I had lost that passion for a brief moment, and one of my abusers had convinced me that I had no talent and that art was just a waste of time and money. Uh, I stopped doing my art and I gave up on myself. I had been in abusive relationships off and on in my past and I thought my needs were not as bad as other people's needs. I didn't think I deserved the assistance and that things weren't bad enough for me to warrant seeking help from anybody. Uh, One day I found myself in court defending myself against my ex-husband and his lawyer. I won a case granting an ex parte and that day I actually met with a Hope House court advocate after I got done who approached me about the services at Hope House and was a really big step for me to be able to reach out and talk to them. And I was a little bit fearful and wasn't sure how that was going to go. But in doing so, myself and my children started receiving both individual and group therapy at Hope House. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I was able to eventually distance myself from my abuser and I renewed my interest in creating art through working with my therapist individually and then also with my kids and started doing my art again. I had often escaped into my art journals to work through my thoughts and my feelings and my therapist helped me talk through a lot of different hard situations I was having and I did like EMDR therapy. And um, Talk to me about what EMDR therapy is. It was like that rapid eye movement type stuff where like you'd hold to um, some type of equipment and it kind of had like a sensor, a little buzzer. There's also some other things so roses is a big smell for me like flowers because I was always around my grandparents had a flower business and so that was the nature and the colors and the smell kind of helped refocus me and it would calm me down and everything so that was something that we would start with the smell so I had like a lotion and so anytime I can take that tool with me wherever I go and so I shampoo with rose scented things and so when I know I have a stressful thing going on that day I'll use that scent and so it kind of rewired my brain to where 
I can kind of just smell that. I can put my hands up to my face and smell my roses, and then it just kind of calms me down. And so, almost takes you back to a happier time, or maybe finding that joy that was lost right. because you were living with an abuser. Yes, yes. So it it definitely helped me with that. And then also thinking of like a box, and just I can take whatever I didn't want to deal with and just stick it in that box, and it can stay over there. And when I'm ready to deal with it, I can just turn around, pick it back up, and deal with it at that time. Or playing a certain scenario on a TV screen instead of actually reliving it because when we start going through therapy I definitely and I'm sure a lot of people do start having those feelings again and it just like throws you right into flight or flight and I would just start those feelings like I was still in that abusive situation right at that time but I was in a safe room okay with somebody but you still get those feelings back so trying to put it in a different area like okay, it's on a TV screen or I can put it on a canvas and I'm safe and I'm fine and I'm okay and I can deal with that and work through those type of traumas and things that way. So it really definitely helped a lot with me learning all those tools to live out later on in life when I don't even have to be around my abuser and things. There was something I remember from your story and I kind of wanted you to talk a little bit about it, about the garden, about the fences, about what we would call boundaries because Sometimes domestic violence survivors think that it's not okay to put a boundary up, but really it is actually very much okay. So talk to me about what you learned at Hope House regarding boundaries and gardens and fences. And some of that was hard because, yeah, if I'm in a a relationship with somebody, you wouldn't think you'd have to have boundaries. And I didn't understand that no matter what relationship we have or who it's with, we should still have boundaries of what's okay to allow into our garden or our fence. Whenever I was talking about my garden through the survivors group, different topics that we would talk about, and then we would go back home and reflect on them and then come back and give feedback of this is what I found out about myself or this is and kind of take that and I found it really hard one of the ideas was our boundaries are like a garden or um, a yard and we have a, a fence around it you don't have to have a fence like some people don't have a fence and it can look however you want but the basis is we don't let other people come into our yard and stomp on our grass and we don't go and stomp on somebody else's yard and it makes it easier to think Think about like people's yard and a house and things like that. It's a easier way to kind of see how that would take place. But I had difficulty in trying to even figure out, well, how do I want my yard to look? And I realized that for a long period of time, I put a gate around my yard that I didn't allow anybody to go in or out. I also just had weeds and things in there and I didn't know how I wanted it to look, how I wanted it to be and trying to work through all those things. And I often wonder if our listeners understand domestic violence is power and control. It's somebody else having power and control over you. So when it's time for you to make a decision, it's hard to say, I have the freedom to put whatever I want in my yard, or I have the freedom to have healthy 
boundaries. I have a very healthy relationship with my husband and it's a long time coming, that's for sure, because I did have an abuser myself. I'm a, I'm a domestic violence survivor and I even have boundaries with my healthy relationship. So I think boundaries are okay, period. I don't think that a lot of people know or understand that, but it is specifically very difficult for a domestic violence survivor to know where to start because there are so many weeds in that garden. So talk a little bit about what you figured out about yourself and where you wanted to start in that process. I figured out that I wanted to be a safe place for others and myself. I mean, just my family, my friends, people I don't even know. I want to be that safe place where somebody can come to me and and that I can help them with growing and being happy and knowing that it's okay. And there are people out there that actually care about others and want to help. And that we've been through the same things and we see that and it's okay and just to start facilitating that and giving hope to others. It seems like healing empowers you to see the hurting and then you just want to move forward and that's my life work. I want to move forward to empower domestic violence survivors who don't have their voice yet or who have lost their voice. We've lost some survivors through the years to the evil we call domestic violence. So I think that is a very attainable goal for sure for you. I'm excited actually that you're going on this journey. When I was at the Inglewood Art District doing my speaking engagement and there's a piece of art that you created through your healing. Tell our listeners about the conviction behind that art and how that helped you heal because I know you had to go talk to other people to even finish this piece. So tell our listeners about that. So during a really particularly hard situation I had to go through a lot of my words from my abuser multiple times for a couple months and it got really difficult and I needed a way to get his words and um, pictures and things out of my head, the things that he was saying. Because uh, I was still in my growth and my healing at that time and so I knew that that wasn't me deep down but I still had They were playing rent-free in your head. Yeah, they were replaying those tapes that play in your head, and it's like, okay, this is, you know, those negatives. And so one night, I was just sitting, and I scribbled out his words on a page in my journal and just started scribbling all of them in ink, and just, they were all over the place. I could see what the words are, but now you can't even tell what they are. But those words became a tree trunk. Then I decided I wanted to come up with some good words about myself so that I could actually feel better, and it was hard hard for me to find those words and I really struggled and I couldn't come up with very many so I wanted those to be some leaves on my tree to make words of affirmation you were trying to pull out and and Mm -hmm. couldn't really find any for yourself so what did you do then so I went and I asked for some words of encouragement for my friends and family I went to church and I'd ask people and, and so even my kids those words became the different leaves on my tree and I have all these different color leaves and different shapes so that it could go the different people that I asked everybody had their own type of tree and I had um, people from survivors group that had wrote on there and and so I have a bunch like a whole uh, page in my journal that have all these words that I can still go back to and refer to those words I often revisit those and get that courage and strength over the years and I was able to create something beautiful out of something that was so harmful and Hope House had helped me with being able to grow that and be able to have that voice again 
and be able to show others that they can do that and speak to others and knowing how to have that healing and grow. And what I think is so amazing, actually, it's two things. Number one, that tree trunk, there's not a, a word in it, but yet there's so many, but you can't even see them anymore because they're untrue from your abuser. But the great thing is, is you could not find one word of affirmation about yourself, but you have journal pages now full because everyone else sees that in you. And I think that survivors need to know, even when you can't find a word positive about yourself, ask people because they see you in a different light. Because survivors have been made to feel like they're second class and they are so first class. And it's up to strong, courageous women like you, Brooke, like so many survivors, to use our voice loudly to make sure that these survivors who hear our stories can start their healing journey at that point in time. And so I think what you're doing in your art is amazing. And I love your willingness to share that with other people. And I believe 100% that every leaf on that tree and in your journal is true. So tell me about some of the affirmation or some of the words of affirmation that were shared with you during your healing time. That I'm loving, that I'm sweet, I'm a great mom. Yes. These words of affirmation can come back around and you can say, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone says. I know I'm a great mom. And that was even my kids tell me that I was a great mom. And sometimes even if they're lashing out or having a difficult moment, I know that those are just their words at the time that they were upset, but they wrote down, you know, you're a great mom, you're fun, you're exciting, and that I'm loved. Those are the things that I hold on to, those good affirmations that they have shared with me because that's what their true heart is. I know when it came to my children, I was that safe place, but they figured out. What is your goal for coming on today? I would like to be able to reach out to those others that even, you know, if they are a survivor and still need healing and are trying to find avenues of being able to work through that journey or people that are still in a domestic abuse relationship and need to figure out a way of working through that or people that just don't have knowledge or understanding of knowing what it is or why we're staying in those type of relationships what is going on with that I would like to educate people just in general and show people how to love each other and get through that and actually creating those healthy boundaries, creating those healing and and doing the art journey and being able to talk to people and they have questions just ask and just to share and and work through those processes together. Because I think that's the biggest thing is people don't understand. I think just educating and working on those things would would be a big thing for people in general. You know, there was a quote, and I'm going to have to paraphrase it, but it was from Harriet Tubman. And she said, I saved a thousand slaves, but I could have saved a thousand more if they knew they were slaves. And I think that is an issue sometimes with a domestic violence survivor because they're living their life day in and day out always having to be two or three steps or two or three days ahead to try and just have peace in their household or to try to figure out what their abuser is going to do next and so I think 
that is great to speak out as a survivor to hopefully get this kind of education and these kind of podcasts in the hands of domestic violence survivors so they know they are in a domestic violence relationship. So I think that is so important. I'm just so thankful that Hope House was around to help me. I don't know what I would have done or where I would have ended up had it not be for Hope House. Just being around the people that I've been around in life and stuff as I've been older. I've had a lot of people tell me I'm pretty strong, but there was a lot of times where I didn't feel like I was strong at all, and and it amazes me that I I feel like I did get quite a bit of that strength in things, and I am kind of stubborn sometimes. I've always been told that too. I'm kind of headstrong, but... Oh, um, not me. I've never been told I'm headstrong. (laughs) But I think it's for a good positive thing that I am resilient and that I know I can make it. I know others can make it, and I have hope out to thank for getting me through those really rough times to be able to see and and do the things that I've done. I'm so excited about your journey. I'm so excited about the rest of your journey. I can't wait to talk to you again about it. If there's one thing that I do want to leave with any domestic violence survivor out there, if your story's anything like mine, if your story's anything like Brooke's, I want to let you know that there is life after domestic violence. I know we're going to be having a benefit event come up pretty soon in October. I'm working on a new piece, and that's in the crossroads at the Firestone building. They're going to do their first Friday for October, and it's called the Art of Hope. An art exhibition featuring various renditions of Hope House mission. I think this is the coolest thing ever to see the art that's going to come out of this. Thursday, October 5th is a VIP type of gathering. And then Friday, October 6th, it's open to the public down at the crossroads. And the art pieces will be up for bid with the proceeds benefiting Hope House. And so, Brooke, you talked about wanting to have a piece there, which I think is so crazy amazing. So excited about that piece. I can't wait to see the end of it. Just what you've showed me so far, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and I've been working on my garden, too. The garden that I was afraid of not being able to, to finish whenever I went through Survivors Group, I actually am working on so I can put it up in my, my house so that I can remind myself of where my boundaries are and then what I am now and have a reminder of, yeah, I have had my growth and I've been working on it and didn't realize even that I was working on it for a while. So, so what started out with thistles and weeds and all of those things is actually ending up being a bright and beautiful garden. Mm -hmm. Brooke, you're awesome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.